Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Welcome everyone to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint, here with my dear friend, Julian Taylor. How you doing, Jules? Hey Langdon. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? It's good. It's, um, it's, 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 this is really a nice experience because we're, we're sharing the same time zone for a change, aren't we? I know. And you're in a dark room. Well, I'm in a dark room. I am. We are still quite a long way away, aren't we? So I'm, I'm in, in the Windy City. And you're. Uh, and speaking of the Windy City. I heard that y'all experienced the type of wind that I'm used to. Do you, do you want to know? Do you want to know what happened? I've been meaning to ask you about this, and we haven't talked about it. This is true here, so I have been meaning to hear. But your this could be your first experience. It's my first ever tornado. Yeah, and do you want to do you want to know how I experienced it? So, so we, the few of us had, had gone out and we were playing five iron golf, you know, indoor golf mm-hmm. and everyone's phones were going berserk and, and I'm like, what's going on here? I thought everyone was just getting text messages at the same time. And, and they said, oh, it's a tornado warning. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> but then didn't think anything more of it, walked back to the hotel and slept through the entire event. Well done. Only to wake up the next morning and find out that basically it shut down O'Hare. 500 flights cancelled, I think, on the back of it. Um, Well done. You have learned what I would say. I've been through, you know, many of them being from Tennessee, West Tennessee. You've learned the, the first step. Awareness. Sleepiness. Because it seems like they always used to come at night. It's crazy. <laughs> Just sleep through it. It's fine. Sleep through yeah. It. yeah. What tornado? It's all gonna work out. <laughs> well, I am glad you're okay, and I'm glad you got to experience your first ish tornado warning. So, as a as a family, I've got to say, Langdon, as a family, we've been kind of doing natural phenom. I can't say it, phenomenon. Phenomenon. Firsts. Because my daughter is has moved to Bogota, so my daughter's living in Colombia for three years, and and I rang her the other day, managed to talk to her, and she said, "I said, how's your week been?" She said, "Oh yeah, yeah, fine. We had an earthquake." <laughs> so, so family first this week, our tornado and earthquake. Earthquake. There you go. Well, see, let me tell you a little secret. That's pretty fortunate, though, because where I'm from, West Tennessee, you could you could hypothetically experience both. At the same time on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> you really could because we had the end of Tornado Alley and we we're really close to New Madrid Fault. So I'll have to tell you sometime about one of my best earthquake stories. Um, and I don't want to get into it right now, but I might or might not have been using the restroom during the earthquake. But... <laughs> It was fun. It, it happened. I was in high school, and <laughs> I, I think I think I need to do a sanity check on that one before we before we launch into that story on a podcast. It was um, it's quite an experience. It was quite a ride. I got to say, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, 
But nonetheless, it leads perfectly into, I feel like, our topic today, because I would say <clears throat> I never considered including this type of uh, focus for an inspection or for an audit. I would have never considered running one of those for workers while they were using the restroom for an earthquake or anything like that. So you've really got to think everything through, but. That is a very specific inspection though, isn't it? But you, I, I, I jumped over you there. You were going to do a really nice intro and I've just screwed it for you, haven't I? Well, no, you really added to it, but it's all around safety audits and inspections. The crux, I feel like, of so many health and safety professionals, yet is it really being utilized properly? What do you think? Um, I always find this a really interesting subject. And I think for people who are kind of getting new into this or getting into this, I think a good starting point is is actually what's the difference between an inspection and an audit? So I'm going to throw that to you, buddy, and say... Thank you. Thank you. In, in your view, what's the difference? Typically, I would see an inspection is more kind of your... Um, what's the word? Uh, like you're out there. So I'm going out. So your physical, meaning I'm, I'm going out doing a, a housekeeping inspection or a... Yep. Um, you know, lockout, tagout, inspection, you know, interchangeable could be a checklist form, whatever. That's kind of my more pinpointed, now valid and housekeeping, don't get me wrong. It's a pretty broad, for example, because there's a lot that that entails of a whole workplace, but it's more you're going out spotting. Whereas from an audit perspective, it could include that, but it's usually going to be broader and include some process elements as well. So yeah, I might do my housekeeping inspection in there, but then it has a, what's the process behind it? Is there a program developed for it? So usually my audit is, I'm auditing some of the specifics, which could be the inspections, but then I'm all, it's putting it all together. Um, typically it's a little more robust, uh, uh, longer process, but we, and I think a lot of times we just think about it more from a, maybe this is just me, we think about it more from a external auditing standpoint or corporates coming in and do an audit when realistically, if it's a big, if it's a big thing, any of us, I mean, I've, I've done many, many audits, I've done many inspections. Um, so audit big, inspection small-ish. Well done. I think. Uh, and it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I was just sat here thinking, you know, you, we have to be really careful with the words we use, don't we, when we describe things. <laughs> we do. An audit is more robust. And you, you think, well, actually, hang on a minute. Sh is it actually an inspection should be a robust procedure, shouldn't it? So That's true. That is true. Because uh, I was sat here thinking, I was going to say, an inspections are more focused on, on, on a certain thing. Yeah. Um, but then you think, well, but an audit should also have focus. But I mean, my my definition is, I mean, the true definition is of an audit is it's an independent examination of your overall health and safety management system. Um, so quite often it's done, might be done by an insurer, it might be done by an external stakeholder, like a, a customer of your business. And that's 
that's really interesting when you start to think about your customers coming in and, and, and looking at your business in that kind of detail. Um, so, and, and also the obvious one is if you've got any kind of accreditation. So, so something like ISO 45001, absolutely, you, you will have that, that sort of overarching look at your overall approach to, to health and safety. Whereas an inspection is that, I'm trying to think of the right word here, because, um, but it's, it's, it's looking at something more specific, I would say. So it's, it's not the overall, it's looking at, at, at specific things. So it could be a piece of equipment, it could be things like housekeeping that you mentioned a minute ago, but it's looking at something more specific rather than the overall. Yeah, and I don't think, and you, that's a good point. It doesn't take away saying an audit is more robust. It doesn't, and an inspection is more focused. It doesn't take away from the level of detail that should be in an inspection. Because if you do a really good one, you know, whether you call it, you know, it, to your point, it gets really confusing. Whether your inspection is a type of risk assessment or whether it's just a quick check, whatever you want to call it, it, it can be as, detailed and robust as you want to make it that's still you know it's, so you're still um deriving the result and hopefully the execution that you're wanting to which is being full breadth and trying to hit you know uh, uncover if something needs to be or not and there's, when you think about both things there's there's sort of there's nuances isn't there there's there's sort of different different sort of things you should be thinking about. Um, I mean, one of the things I'm really, I, I like to talk about is actually when we're thinking about something like an inspection, is how do we make sure we get some value out of that? And so often what you see is a process where we go out and we do inspections because we, we're told to do them. And, and I, can, I'm, I, can, I sit here now straight away and I've got, I'm thinking about examples where I've talked to people about the inspections they do in their business. And you say, well, what happens as a result of that inspection? And it's almost, well, it gets filed. And it's, it's, it's that dreaded term, isn't it? It gets filed. Um, and, and, and you think about the kind of dangers of that, Langdon, that it becomes a process that we do because we're told we have to do this every day. Mm -hmm. But actually, it becomes almost like just something that is just this thing that has no value. Um, and there's not really a focus. It's a tick box exercise. So it's how do you how do you change that mentality so that actually there's some kind of robust mechanism to say, right, if we need to do anything off the back of it, we do it. But also we have a feedback loop because what we want to do is, I, well, this is my opinion. So tell me if you think differently. With something like inspections, we want to get the people... The, the people who are using the equipment, we've got to, the people in that area, the people who, who are responsible for housekeeping, for example, to be the people who are actually doing the inspections. So, because they're the people who, who understand that that thing better than most other people. Um, but then what you've got to make sure is that there's some kind of feedback mechanism to show that as a result of that inspection, something happened. Yeah. So whether it's whether it's some kind of rectification or whatever, yeah, yeah. And to me, that's why inspections are a little 
Well, maybe it's, this is from my experience. Let me let me tailor that a little bit. Inspections are easier because they are more simple, and it's even to me it's easier to derive a an outcome because you usually are going to find if you find something, whatever you want to call it, an error, an inefficiency, a break, it, it doesn't matter. If you find it, it's something you, okay, we have boxes blocking the exit. Let's use that for example. Um, let's say we're doing a fire inspection. I go through, I, I find a uh, fire extinguisher out of date. I find my egress blocked and some boxes. So I have three, what I would call actions or flags from that. You're going to fix that most of the time, unless you're just an organization or, you know, a person that's like, Oh, look at there. And you turn, you're going to fix it, you know? Um, so that is a, that's usually a quick turnaround, quick fix. And it's usually something that is actionable where people do fix it. I have, I have just got an image in my mind of, of you running out the toilet in a tornado and you can't get out the door because there's a box in the way. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> I'll just sit there and let it finish. You know, you gotta, you gotta go with it. I think we need to move on. I think we need to move on. But, but with the, that inspection, you know, you're going to find it and you're going to fix it. Um, usually. And, and you can, but with an audit, it, it's different. So meaning if it's a little broader, it's, let's say I, I uncover something from a, an aspect of the program or an aspect of the procedural um, processes, whatever that needs rectification, that's a little, it's usually a little bigger, even if, even if it does come from your external source or corporate who's coming into it an audit, they look like, oh, you're in all, all your specific um, checks, your inspections, this and that, they're good, but maybe it, it, it starts getting more program incremental. And then you start seeing that's a, that's a more difficult adjustment. You know what I mean? So I, I do wonder if it, you should do more inspections, obviously, but is it one of those that it's because it's easier to make actionable items from an inspection, whereas an audit, what, what do we do with it afterwards? Okay, so Jimbo's whatever came in, did an audit on my organization. Um, does that mean that I am going to then try to rectify or do anything on it? You know what I mean? So I wonder if we view that always the right, the right way. I think... Um thinking about this whether it's an audit or whether it's an inspection i think what one of the dangers is we kind of slip into a way of doing things and i'll give you a really good example and it was i was in columbus ohio of all places langdon um and i was at a manufacturing site in in, in columbus and talking to the talking to them about inspections and, and and my example always when i talk about inspections is i talk about forklift truck inspections because it's just it's it's an easy thing to think about, isn't it? That going to drive forklift trucks, we should do an inspection before we start using it. Um, and and they said, yeah, we do forklift truck inspections. I said, oh, that's really interesting. I said, talk talk to me about how what's the process. And and they were still using paper. Um, 
So the, the, the driver of the truck would do the inspection on the piece of paper. I said, okay, great, what happens then? He said, they put it on the manager's desk. And I said, okay, what happens then? And, and, and again, the process broke down at that point. And I think what happened then was there was basically a stack of forklift truck inspections sitting on the manager's desk and nothing happened as a result of it, other than he probably used it to sit his coffee cup on them. Um, and, 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 and that's what, that's what I'm talking about in terms of, and I think it's a really good, I suppose, practice to get into as a safety professional is just to think, let's just go back and look at what we're doing and make sure it is still fit for purpose. It's still working effectively for us. Um, yeah. That would be my, my, my big point. And the other thing, I suppose, that's a great example because you've got pieces of paper. So then if there are outcomes, or uh, off the back of those inspections where do the actions sit and 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 straight away what you've done is you've split the actions out from the actual activity so if if, if as a manager i want to go and look at my forklift truck inspections and say right have we got some consistent actions that are coming up that we need to be aware of have we got any trends i haven't got a clue because i don't know where my actions are yeah um, so I think it's things like that, that as a safety professional, take a step back and say, right, how are we doing this? Is it still a, a, a good process for us? And, and I think alongside that, the paper thing is really interesting, isn't it? Because I think safety professional, one of the things safety professionals are always trying to do is get time back. How can I get time back to just, to just actually go and do the, the stuff I really want to do. I, if I'm a, as a safety professional, I want to go and coach people. I want to go and educate people. I want to train people. That's where I'll make a difference. I don't want to be sitting there trying to manipulate data or, or sort of manage, manage, manage data. Um, mm -hmm. And what, what we see all too often is this thing of, okay, I'm going to go and do an audit. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, take my phone i'll take some pictures i'll go and with with paper and i'll go around and i'll i'll document everything that's going on and then i'm going to come back and i'm going to spend another half a day having done the audit typing it all on, on onto a document um so again you think about that it's kind of madness isn't it in 2023 to do something twice and again can i get the time but i want to get the time back it, and and I mean, my biggest, my, my biggest problem, Langdon, if I've gone around and written something down yesterday and I come back to it today, I can't read my own writing. I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, Jules, don't say those. <laughs> so I think you, you need better processes, don't you? But, um, and I think, I mean, another interesting one for you, Langdon, as well, because we've seen some pretty epic audits over our time, haven't we? With, with maybe lots of questions and, and, and they get very detailed and direct the auditor down a very detailed path. And I have heard this kind of sort of suggestion from quite a few people now, which is you almost do away with questions in an audit. And actually you get the auditor to just go and use their knowledge to just go and observe. And actually walk around and actually look at an organization and say, what are they doing well and what could they do more effectively? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, so kind of hit on two areas there. I mean, you know, a lot, but 
couple of main areas that, you know, first thinking about it from the inspection standpoint. And even if, I mean, I wasn't the best cause you know, I would copy, I was notorious like during my time at one past job, either one of them, when I was doing routine, regular audits and inspections, basically is what I was doing every, every week, you know, three days a week. I would write stuff down from paper, you know, I would put it on the paper from the computer and a lot of the part I was writing down, a lot of it was the inspection aspect. So, and I, I can derive outcomes pretty easy in paper, even if I set it down, um, as long as, as long as it's been reviewed. Now that don't take away. It's not saying it's not more cumbersome to write it down on paper and then transpose it over to computer. So I don't mean that at all. Um, but it, it was easier to do. But from the audit perspective, when you start perspective, when you start looking at it for the for the view of you know what you're wanting to do with an audit, that's different because to me, um, because that is the larger when you're thinking about it. What does this policy not have, and and why? Or you start thinking about it. What are you documenting on it? You know, whatever. Um, that does kind of change a little bit because of what it is. Well, they don't have a, you know, let's say somebody didn't have a ASCOM, has a communication program. Okay, no, they didn't have that. But what, maybe you can write, what attributes did they have to that? They were doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. They were doing assessments for chem, chemicals or blah, blah. Um, so yeah, maybe they don't have, you know, program that they need for it. I'm just using this as an example, but you're able to kind of put more thought to it versus boxes were covered or egress was covered or box. you know what I mean? So I think there is a difference. So when we think about it from the audit perspective, it, it, what do we get out of it? You know, we, we talked about the inspection part to me when we start thinking about the audit, whether it isn't because sometimes if it's an outside source that's coming in, whether it's a customer or not, I don't have to make those changes. If, if I want to do the ISO, if I want to do 45,001, I don't have to make those changes just to say that I have a health safety management system. I mean, what does that even really mean? You know, so it's easy to, to me, when you get an audit, it, maybe it's easier, easier to be, uh, what's the word? Not, <laughs> the word that came to my mind was deceptive and I don't mean deceptive, but you know what I mean? It's easier to kind of get under the radar on, uh, on things. Yeah. I have a health safety management system because it, it's not, what does it look like? Oh, well it hits, you know, these seven points. Maybe it's a sentence. I think that's a mega important point though, Langdon. And I'll, I'll show a bit of vulnerability here and talk about a, a time earlier in my career. Um, and I worked for a pretty, I'm trying to think of the right words. Shonky company, I think I will call them. Um, and they and they were they were they they were they were a sales organisation. And and it was sort of when nine thousand and one ISO nine thousand and one was becoming a big thing. Um, and to deal with certain organisations, we had we 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 kind of had to have it. And and we were the least least quality organisation you've ever you've ever come across in your life. But we got nine thousand and one, and and we had, a, we had a thank you very much, and we had a we had a quality manager called Roger. He was a nice he was a nice chap. Was Roger, um, massive Queen fan. I don't know why 
I remembered that, but I did. Um, and he spent his entire life really just trying to manage these people who were trying to do everything outside of the way it should have been done according to that system and keeping them in line so that when the auditor came around once a year, we could get through the audit. And, and that's my big, I suppose, I think one of the most important things about trying to audit your organization or audit an organization is I, I want to get a feel for, do people actually live this? Do they, do they really do it? Or are they just putting a show on for me today because I've shown up at the front door? Um, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest challenges, isn't it? I think what you just said is pretty, pretty pertinent also. How many times is it, oh, it's time for our annual or biannual audit? Boom. Yeah. When you know that, and I'm not saying it should always be a, you know, <laughs> sneak attack, but when you know that it's coming, what? Typically, most of the time, you're putting more focus around, you know, whatever, the month, the week or two leading up to it. I think we all are, and that's inherent. You know, you want to make sure it's kind of like a test. You, you when you know the test is the day, you cram more. The analogy I'm going to give you is 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 the British royal family, um, and and the British royal family actually think that the entire world smells of fresh paint and has brand new carpet everywhere, because every time something people know they're coming, so so what do they do? They spruce the place up, don't they? Get the new Range Rover out. Yeah, get the, get the new Range Rover out, put some new carpet down, let's paint it. So they think the whole world smells of fresh paint, don't they? Yeah. Um, and, th and that's my analogy for the audit, isn't it? Is actually, if we know it's coming, everybody prepares for it. They'll, we'll go around, we'll coach people to make sure that they, they do the right thing at the, at the right time on the right day. But actually, is that the reality? Um, and that's, I suppose that's something we talk about all the time, isn't it? Is, is how do you make safety? It, we should get to the audit and it, should, it shouldn't be an issue. It should just be something that, that, that we get through because that's the way we do things around here. But that's sadly not always the reality, is it? No, and that's what I, you know, if I think about my time when I was with an insurance company, um, wasn't selling insurance, I was with services. So drastically different. I don't don't really see you as an insurance salesman. No. Would you like to buy insurance? You're going to need it if you kick. You know, no, I'm sorry. Um, that was not a, I wasn't a salesman. But it, it was great because the company was fantastic and everything was very heavily based on, I'm not say based, but they took a direct impact to whatever my risk, you know, however I, through my conversation. And honestly, what I was doing every week really there was all it i mean it was a i mean in simplistic form you can say what you want say well you were going to um whatever this uh non-profit organization that helps people with substance abuse okay when i go and i'm we're sitting there i'm talking to them for a little while we're talking about their their processes we're talking about what procedures they have whether it's um to combat overdosing or, you know, whatever it is, I, I wanted to understand what process they had. I want to understand what program. And I, and I was a very, I'm, I'm lenient. I wasn't one of those to go in, let's just find all these critical flags and then go, that's not, let's learn. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? Well, what, maybe you could use some, uh, some improvement. And then there would be an inspection element 
to that, then we'd go out, let's do a walkthrough of your facility. But the audit piece every time, yes, I, I would write it on paper, but it's easier to write down a whole lot of stuff with a pen, you know, so let's get that for me. Um, but it was easy to go and then write down my thoughts, write down all this info. And then at the very end, we would discuss it. I'd say, hey, I'll, I'll send you my final report, but I would go over it if they if they allotted their you know time I asked for it but if they allotted time you know you could go over it and it was to me it was really trying to hit that point of what was the point of my audit so you know I had a point of the audit and then I had a point of the inspection inspection was let's walk through and see is everything that you say you have is it actually in place it, you know you say you don't dump hot ashes beside the building do you <laughs> um Whereas the audit, we were talking and that, that happened, but, um, you know, from the audit, it was going through and I just want to be able to communicate. And then you start seeing, well, what gaps exist? What, what doesn't, what else can we get? And for me, it was also showing that engagement piece that I wanted to talk to management. I, I would walk through, I wanted to talk to the frontline workers, to the, you know, the nurses of whatever X, Y, Z. And, and let's see what, what do you have? What, how do you feel about things or comfortable or are you, is this an easy process? You know, if some of the, um, the medical supplies were in a double locking, double locking key to ensure that people can in, get in there. Do you know where those keys are? Do you know, is someone else able to figure that out, you know, a patient and, and get in there? Um, do you always keep it locked? You know, whatever. Do you understand why, why you're doing that? Um, for all your narcotics, you know, so it, it's things like that, that I did every week. And, and I like, because I, I, you don't really realize think quote unquote, you're doing audits, but that's what you're doing. You're wanting to help them see that rapport between both of you, see what you, do you uncover anything that can help or you get at the end and you're like, you know what, keep doing what you're doing. Um, maintain this cognizance because you're doing it very well. Um, you know, and to me, that's what I think we can get out of an audit uh, when done properly. And I think, I mean, I was just sort of listening to you talking there. And again, that's that classic external audit, isn't it? But I think there's a real value for people doing internal audits on their own organization, but not, not just so that we, we can make sure we're going to get through the external audit when it happens. But but actually, to to really understand, are are our people doing this as a, just sort of because it's because it's it's the way we should do things, or are they doing it to to hit the checkbox? And I think on the back of that, we think about the reports that we get as a result of the audit. I suppose the question there, Langdon, is who do you, who do you share the the final report with? Um, because again, that information is great just to educate the whole organization, isn't it? Shouldn't just be something that's kind of kept to management. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, you hope. <laughs> so mine were external because I was a part of their insurance uh, provider. That being said, a lot of them, they might have their own internal you know, and at the time it wasn't always health and safety. Sometimes it was, sometimes it was their internal risk person. Sometimes they didn't have either one. So it was a nurse or a manager, you know, and whatever. So it was external, but it was a treat this, you know, you, 
have acquired uh, insurance for a variety of purposes, whether it's general liability, you know, property, whatever it is. This is a free service. Utilize me as I'm, I can be your external health and safety professional that's helping, you know, risk services, however. So I wanted it to be very much. And when, when we were talking, well, are you going to send a report in? You know, this could be a frontline work. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I can get it directly to you. I mean, obviously, you know, I guess I could have, but it would have been 30 emails going to the company. But yeah, let's talk to Jenny over here and make sure that she she gets it to you. Um, and I think that was something that was pretty pertinent to, to what you're saying. I, I want the follow up. I want everyone to know what what I found, what I didn't find. You know, it looked like everyone looks like we're doing things the right way um, because of that point. Otherwise, what you just see, oh, here comes, here comes your services here. What's it going to mark? I don't know. You know, so yeah, you want the post to always be something tangible. Well, and I think, I think off the back of that as well, the more public the, the, the report is Langdon, the more accountable people become to actually then follow up on the stuff that's been identified. I mean, again, I'll, t I'll tell you another story, which was in the UK this time was a, was a, a, a big truck manufacturer. I'm not going to mention any names here, obviously, because I don't want to get sued. Um, but, but, but they had a number of depots around the UK and every six months they'd go and audit, audit the depots. Um, and then a list of actions would be emailed to the to the depot manager um, for them to, to to sort out. And then six months later, the auditor would go back to audit the depot again. Nothing would have changed. None of the actions would have been closed out. Um, so, so actually, when you stop and think about that as a process, it has no value. It's a complete waste. Why bother? Yeah. You might as, and, and I suppose that's there's almost a so what question or, or a so what question, isn't there, sometimes with these things? is why are we doing this? And, and because of this, and you go, well, so what? Because actually, if nothing changes as a result of it, there's no point. Um, so it, it's, it's, I think the more you can publicize these things, it educates the broader organization around why safety is important, what we're doing well, but also it drives that accountability piece, which is actually, we want to make sure that something happens off the back of this audit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, right, that's, that should be the whole point of everything we do as a health and safety professional, um, or even training, um, learning, if, if that's a specific aspect, or if, if you're the learning manager who works in conjunction with health and safety, um, you know, it, it's what, what are we striving to improve upon at the end? Because if, if we're doing all these things, if I'm implementing a new program, if I'm or maybe take a step back. If I'm developing something and then I'm implementing it and I just let it go, you know, I, I don't ever go back to look at it. You don't do your annual checks. You don't do your just honestly routine. Just let's do a walkthrough, see how it's going. That's when you start realizing, was it a waste? <laughs> you know what I mean? And what are you trying to derive from it? And I think that's that's a very important aspect, whether we're talking about audits, inspection, where we're talking about general health and safety, whatever aspect you want to, it's, you know, it's those jingas, what specific element. And if we're not looking at it to make sure it's in place, that's, we're dropping the ball. 
think off the back of that comment as well, I've got a couple of other quick points to make because I know we're kind of running out of time here. But but I think I think one of the most important ones. I've been asked a number of times, can we can we get a can we get a a, a, a forty five thousand and one audit? And, and I think the really important point about that is no, you can't. Um, because actually, if you stop and think, I mean, you, you could in theory, but but you shouldn't be because actually the whole point of 45,001 is that it, you adapt it to fit the, the unique elements of your organization, the specific things about your organization. Um, and actually, if you're trying to use some kind of generic audit template, actually, it's not going to pick up on those nuances that are really important. And I think the other the other really important point, I can't remember the industry it was, but I remember once talking to, to a safety professional and he was telling me the story about this auditor who came into their business and he walked right past this piece of equipment that had a, a, a glaring issue with a, with, with, with a part of the sort of safety equipment related to it. But the auditor didn't understand the equipment, so didn't pick up on it. So I think, again, that another wasn't a really important that day. <laughs> so that wasn't a part of the audit that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we won't, we won't, we won't take a look at that today. But I think, but I think the other thing is, it's really important isn't it? that that actually you've got the right person doing the audit. I mean, just as an example, I've I've got in my head here. I went around and did a tour of a glass factory recently. I met the safety guy and he, and he invited me to come and have a look round. And it was a, it, it was a really impressive modern glass manufacturing plant I, I know very little about the manufacturing of glass and the equipment involved Langdon um so it was great to see it but if you said to me go and do an audit I, I, I wouldn't stand a chance they'd be able to sort of pull pull the wool over my eyes and hide all sorts of things because I don't understand necessarily the the sort of safety processes the safety elements within that kind of situation so i think two really important points are that you should tailor your the template has got to be designed around your organization and the unique uniqueness of your organization and also you've got to make sure you've got the right people that you're sending out to do that particular audit i think um i think what you just said is crucial the localization aspect you know i create now in in my role, I make a lot of uh, inspections, make you know whatever I make checklists, make assessments. Excuse me, and and it's easy to do that. But whenever you get a, because I think you can have canned ones for sure, but always remember the aspect of localization, no matter what it is. If you go and you start trying to create just generic programs or a generic inspection, and then you plug it in place. Well, I used this inspection that a safety professional made from wherever. Well, that's great. But was he there on site? No. So then did you understand you were using it? Did you tailor that to your specific organization? Well, <laughs> you know, then you're doing good, but you are, you have missed, um, you have missed the mark because what if there's a, an exposure that's not accounted for on that inspection because it was a generalized and you have a, a specific need. And I think that's, I think that's a fantastic point because that's, um, that's definitely something to remember is make it your own, uh, whether it, whether it's a large audit 
kind of, you know, 45,001, yeah, there's a lot to it, but it's still pretty, I don't want to say generic, but ish, um, you know, but for your inspection, be, be specific. I think that's a, that's a great point you hit on there. Just for the benefit of those who are listening to audio only, when Langner went near, near, he was pulling his snarky face as well. So, okay. I think we're kind of coming. We we could keep talking about this all day. Maybe what what's going through my head, Langdon, is maybe we get we 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 get um, a sort of somebody who's sort of. Um, more full time in in the world of audits and and maybe forty five thousand and one onto the pod in in the future and and get them to talk about some of the sort of the specifics the the things they would be looking to do when they're going out and 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 auditing organisations because I think it's always interesting to hear that perspective isn't it so but I will let you sign off in your inimitable Langdon fashion and can I just point out you've not used the word camaraderie once today. Well, we've been talking audits and inspections. There's no need to imply such deep camaraderic friendship in any sense of that term. But um, for everyone, while you're while you're going out about your daily lives, while you're going out and going out into the world for dinner and with family and friends and establishing further camaraderie with men. Always remember to stay healthy, stay safe, and watch each other's back out there. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Langdon. Good to talk as ever. Thanks, Jules. Safe travels home, buddy. Thank you. See you soon. Hey, everyone. Really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts. And in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days, about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back. <laughs>